Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Before we get into this episode of Small Doses, want to shout out everybody who's joining us this Juneteenth for Smart, Funny, and Black in the crib. It's going down, that's right, in your house. We have brought Smart, Funny, and Black to you. All you got to do is get your tickets at smartfunnyandblack.com and you can check out our show. This is going to be a special one. All of my 90s fans, we have got a different world reunion going down. Kadeem Hardison, who played DeWine Wine, and Daryl M. Bell, who played Ron Johnson, are coming together head to head to be tested on their black culture, black history, and the black experience in Smart, Funny, and Black in the Crib. This Friday, Juneteenth, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Get your tickets at smartfunnyandblack.com and celebrate Juneteenth with us as we celebrate our blackness loudly and proudly. Welcome to another episode of Small Doses. We have one of the greatest smiles in the game. <laughs> Thank you. Tika, did you ever have braces? I didn't, but I did go to the dentist when I did was able to afford it and uh help my knocked smile. it out. <laughs> Because every time I'm just like, look at these, Thank look you. At these pearly whites. I'm Thank like, you, girl. Things is shining. Um, <laughs> we are joined by actress and now podcaster uh, extraordinaire, Miss mm-hmm. Tika Sumter. Thank Welcome you. to the show. Welcome Thank to the podcast you. family. Is, <laughs> Thank you. Know, you. When we started, when we were talking about what topic we should do. Um, you know, I was asking Tika, is there anything like top of mind that, you know, maybe we can move at, that we can use to move into a theme? And you mentioned your podcast. So we might as well just start with you talking about like what this podcast is that you're starting and why you felt it was necessary. And that will let us all get into why we are doing side effects of black motherhood. Yeah, sure. So um, my partner Ty Randolph and I started a company called uh, Sugarberry.com. And when we launched that, we also wanted to launch the Sugar, so which is the podcast. And we just wanted to celebrate brown moms um, surrounding motherhood who are at the intersection of career, uh, personal development, and motherhood, whether they're just dipping their toe in to see if they want to do it or not, or just wanting or happy to be an auntie. But we wanted to create a site and a space and a community of women who don't always get to indulge in this atmosphere. It's a very white space. And that's what I found almost three years ago when I had my child. I was mining for information from other sites or uh, or just trying to kind of grasp at whatever was out there and also just not seeing myself on certain sites. It was like bits and pieces dropped in. So you're so not I, on Goop? They don't have... <laughs> And it's no, it's no negativity to anybody else. It was just like, oh, okay, we're not here. We don't exist. And it just felt like when I did Google about us, it was death, doom, and destruction. While some of those things are very relevant and and true, but there was just no balance to it all. So Mm -hmm. I was like, well, why not? And we launched literally, (laughs) this has been a year in the making and 
we had the stay-at-home order the day before we launched. So that was the little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. <laughs> but then did that end up being good? Yes. Right? Because it's a platform on the internet. Yes. It actually... You're right, Amanda. It did. It actually turned out, it went from like, God, was I hearing like negative voices to like, not real voices to actually start the thing. And then it was like, oh God, God's good, you know? (laughs) And so- I see you. I see see you. you. I see how you turn it around, (laughs) you know? And so- He made um, the lemons into lemonade, which is sugar. Dollar out of 15 cents. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. And it, you know, we got great guests and, you know- and we just get to talk about, I feel like we had um, this, our guest, uh, Debbie Brown, and she is part of the Chopra Center and, you know, works with Deepak Chopra and just talking about energy and all these good things, but not in a fairy tale-esque way, but like the fact that we don't ever get to really indulge in conversations about, you know, things like that. And I kept saying, you know, I love Jesus. Jesus is on the main line, but I'll, what does this crystal mean? You know what I mean? Or how does it <laughs> what? Hit me to an amethyst. <laughs> See, this rose quartz. Where, where do I put... What exactly. do I do with this? Exactly. I mean, I think that's... It's so true because even saying, like, you know, Jesus on the main line, it's like, yeah, but there's... But, but why can't we help bolster that with with other positive things? I mean, we live in a world that's been alive for a long time that has, that has explored and... Um, Uncovered all these other ways to help us feel grounded and and help us on our journey to healing and security. And I think for a lot of us, our mothers, like that wasn't considered for our mothers. Are you kidding me? (laughs) First of all, um, our mothers didn't. Well, my mom, I could speak to, just didn't have the time. You know what I mean? She was just like, how am I going to get this meal on this table and uh, go around the corner? We need credit. You know what I mean? (laughs) Kind of thing. So she didn't have time in that aspect, but uh, I'm grateful for evolution and that I'm mm. I'm part of a generation of women who are able to help get therapy, are able to say it out loud so that yeah. other people know it's okay, you know? So, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, my mom always says, like, that our generation is different because we talk. We, we talk. actually, like, say what's happening um, where she feels like their generation and my mother just turned 73 this Saturday. And she's like, you know, our generation, you don't talk about what's wrong. You don't you share, you just figure it out, you know, but you didn't really think you may have figured it out like in praxis, but it's still internally, you know, uh, a thing that you're carrying. And I think it's, it's, um, it's really dope that you, are looking at this from this point of view. Like I created Smart Funny in Black from that sensitive from that sensibility about, you know, just seeing that we we are inundated with negative images of black folks on such a regular basis. And we don't have like spaces of celebration and of joy where where we can have the balance. And so as a black mother, it just feels like to your point, it it seems like, you know, there is a necessary conversation about like having to have the talk. And the talk is not birds and bees, but the talk is dealing with the police, right? Like having to be super hyper aware, you and your partner, that when you go to the hospital, there may be a, a, a lack of a, a lack of respect for like your own pain level and your wellness, et cetera. Like all of exactly. that is real, but also Very like real. 
But also, like, what about bonnets for babies? You know, and like, what about my what about my vagina? Like, let's talk what? about that. Like, what is sex after having together? a baby? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like, let's, it's like, we can do both, right? We can talk about maternal Absolutely. deaths and how they're so saturated in, in Af- the African-American um, world, no matter what socioeconomic planet you live on, yeah. right? Um, I've had a crazy experience in the hospital, right? So it does, it's not like it doesn't affect me. But like, for me, it's when you just put this one imagery out of what black motherhood looks like, we start believing that's what it is. And so does everybody else. So like, I wanted to give, we always say, um, there's our accountant right now who, she's a grandmother and she told, Ty was telling her, oh, you know, when she first explained what we're doing, she said, oh, I love this idea because there are a various amount of right answers to, to, to motherhood and what it looks like. And so, and there was like a comment like, oh, black motherhood is only, is this, that's not black motherhood. And I'm like, we're so what sometimes, is- so, so you know how sometimes like out of 200 comments, you're like, you look at the one comment. And- what are you talking to about <laughs> looking at a comment? <laughs> what? <laughs> Girl, it'll no. be a thousand comments And I will see one comment one. that's like I need to call her I need to call this person right here Because I don't even know how you could arrive At this I know So I call me Because I, I don't look at comments like that Like I can't Because my mind just can't I go right to like extreme Tika And nobody really knows that Tika And I kind of want to keep her in a box Because my mama's seen it and she didn't even know it was me. You know what I mean? She was like, who are, first of all, who are you? And I'm like, I just black I out. came from you. I <laughs> came from you. <laughs> yeah. So Ty called me and she's like, I just read this one comment, you know, and the lady was like, I'm sorry. I don't relate. Black. That's not black motherhood. And I said, you know, this is a really good conversation because what does it look like in so many different areas? It's not just one right. thing anymore. You know, so I'm glad that we're having those conversations. What was the like, was there a catalyst or were there a series of catalysts that led you to, because I'm really intrigued by this point of view, just because it can be so difficult to get to a joy space, especially in these days. Like, so to be able to look at all the negativity and find like, okay, we need joy. Like sometimes, (laughs) so that's like. Like, that's tough for a lot of people. Like, that's why that person said that comment to you. Because she's so inundated in her experience as a Black mother with negativity that, like, the idea of you presenting something other than that is so foreign that it doesn't even feel like her. Right. And that is so... Ah, I know, like, but and, and that's why I'm glad that we have this space, to be honest, because those are the con- I want to have that conversation. Right. And you can disagree with me. That's that's fine for me. I think I'm just naturally a joyful person like that's I'm, I'm quiet, but I'm like naturally like joyful and I'm an introvert, but I'm just I want to be happy. Like, I don't want to yeah. look at the cra- like, yeah, I'm not not in touch with reality because I know what's real. You're not delusional. Right, not right, delusional. Right. Um, but I also seen like both halves. Like I was raised by a single mom for a very long time, but I saw my mom come out on the other side and she's a happy yeah. person and she forgives quickly. And she went through fucking, she went through a lot. And I just feel like 
And and my mom got a divorce not too long ago. She was with her, my stepdad, for over 20 years. And she recently found a new love. And she called me and she said, Tika, am I supposed to be this happy? I feel like something is going to, like, something's going to drop. And the idea that, like, yes, you're supposed to be, you're not supposed to be struggling. possess all, that joy. Oh, my God. And, you, and it made me, it even now, like, you know, gives me, like, tears a little bit because it's like, this idea that we're always supposed to be struggling all the time. Like, that I, it's I don't a part believe- of our identity. That if you're not part- struggling, then you can't even claim this. Exactly. But that's what I did see was that's the brainwash. You can't claim this space. You don't believe because you're so. And but when imagery, right? Whether it's movies, whether it's whatever it is, when it's showing you pain, 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 that's what black motherhood is. It's pain all the time. Yes, there, there's moments of pain for sure. But even when you're poor, like I grew up in Hollis, I was born in Hollis, Queens. I remember roaches and all that stuff I had in my house. You know what I mean? <laughs> that my mom said my uncle brought in because he stayed with us for a while. She's yeah. like, your uncle did that. Right. <laughs> so, I'm not claiming it. Um, it was him. And I'm a kind person for even allowing him to come in with his roaches. Yes. But I just remember playing on the block all day, just happy. You know what I mean? But yeah, was my mom struggling? Yes. But like in those moments, there are happiness. And I just feel like a lot of the times that's not what's projected, you know? And so seeing my mom come out on the other side and actually happy and just a joyful person in general, even before her being with this man, like that makes me want to bring more joy and and light to the world and in this space. So was there like a pivotal moment where you were like, oh, we need to do this? Um, yeah. Or was it just, okay, what was that? When I was pregnant with my child, I oh, was Oh, yeah, like, you did say that. Just like just yeah, looking yeah. around. You just were looking just like, around. Yeah, and so, I was, So when you were looking around and seeing that there wasn't, I guess the reason that, that that question came to my mind is because it's one thing to look around and see like, oh, they don't have this. But it's another thing to like say, and I'm going to provide it. You know, like, what do you think it was that made you be like, I can't, I, I got to be the one to do this? Well, it was scary as hell, one, because it was like, well, why hasn't anybody done it yet? Like, I don't understand. Right. Right? Maybe so I'm, I'm going like, to uncover some shit and then they'll <laughs> explain it to me and I'm going to yeah, go that. Right. And so, right, <laughs> I'm going right back to looking at goop <laughs> for my fibroids. Um, so, yeah, no, I basically... So this is the idea that I came up with. And then I went to talk to Ty, who what I just went to go bounce it off of her. She worked at Facebook. She's done. She's um, the co-president at LOL, Kevin Hart's company. And she I was asked a friend, do you know somebody who's in this world who I can bounce this idea off of to see if it's even viable? And so she her part of the story is. She came to Soho House to have a glass of champagne and tell me not to get into it because most companies like like most media brands are um, it's very hard to keep afloat. Right. But when I was explaining the idea, she kept she literally just had a child and she said, oh, my God, I'd be your first customer. I've been looking for something like this and I'm not the only one. And she said it was just so the gravitational pull was just so real that she's like the way that I was explaining like the sweetness, but also 
talking about hard topics, but in a way that we care for us, right? And mm-hmm. um, she was like, "I love this idea could work if you do it in this way. So I really, the balance of like my creativity and her like, we need to also make money. <laughs> you know what I mean? And how- You gotta have be- that person. You, you got it. You cannot- that's me. I'm like, you know what we can do? So I can do characters. Yeah. Uh, like, you know? So You're what, right. So I'm going to have my assistant mail me the wig, you know? So funding. Right. <laughs> How? But I do Let's, understand- What are we doing? Before we started self-funding it, we did go to a few, like, VCs, right? And this will, eventually, we'll do, like, a, a live joint on, like, we went to a few VCs. That's a whole other thing. They did not, first of all, they were like, is this a market? Just, and not only that, do you know how much black women spend, um, spending power, wielding power? First of all, we're only 7% of the mark of the world, of, our, of the population. We spend all the money. <laughs> over index on everything. We spend all the money. All of the money. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, wait, what? Huh? I said, okay, you know what? Y'all don't get this yet, but okay. And so we started and now I like, think they don't get it because when you're not, when you have nobody around you who looks like us, why would they, why, why would you be interested in somebody that you don't break, break bread with ever? You don't, you don't know their story. You know, the story of the guy who created a ball in a, in a, in a, any, <laughs> anything that y'all, I'll give you, I've, we've right. heard stories of people getting so much money for ideas that were like, what, what? So you you raised how much for an idea that's not even there? Just an, just a, just talking about it, it's crazy. And then when you're used to just you know giving money, you, no, go ahead, Amanda. It makes me really. I actually think it also is simply that they don't believe you. There's something about. You're right. I need to think more about that because it even speaks to like in healthcare the fact that they don't believe us when we're like I'm in pain, you know, and it's like. I, because even if we wanted to say, okay, they don't have black people around. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But they have numbers. These are people that live in numbers, right? So even the numbers don't lie. So why would you think I'm lying? So then I'm like, it's, it's literally, it's just a cognitive dissonance of like, you may be right. And these numbers may be right, but I just don't believe you. I don't believe you. Is it that we're that much magic that they just don't believe us? (laughs) Yeah. They're like, you can come back when you're actually successful and then maybe I'll give you money. Listen, I had an agent at at an agency tell me when I started, when I moved to LA to do standup, we're not going to, we're not going to cover you in the standup department. Um, So until you start doing standup in LA. So when you're doing standup in LA and you get, you get going, then we'll then come back to us. What, what, what do you need? What do I need y'all for? <laughs> that's like, that's like a publicist, right? Telling you, yeah, they they don't want to, you know, not yet. Like, like it's almost like, not yet. It's like, what do? What, well, then when are we going to push? It sounds like the it needle sounds forward. Like remnants of a very slave minded thought process that says you do the work, then come back, <laughs> and I'll reap the benefits. Yeah. Mm, I didn't think of it like that. I didn't think of it like that. I think when you say when black women are only 7% of the population, that number to them is not a big number. So it feels small. And so they put us in this box of you're small, but it's like we buy 40% of baby food and we're 7% (laughs) of the population. 
Okay. Like, like that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> also, why are we buying so much of the baby food? <laughs> like, what, what is I that related know. to? Don't know. I don't know. And you I, know yeah, what? I don't know. I get a lot of my, so a lot of my friends are having these babies. Um, <laughs> these babies. <laughs> these babies, girl. They having these babies out here. And I'm, I think the biggest thing that's been dope for me to experience a witness with them is just their honesty about the process and about the experience and them and them echoing what you've been saying, just that when it comes to not even just black motherhood, but motherhood in general, that they felt like the the narrative of actual information that you need is masked more so by simply just this like fantasy um, experience of, of pregnancy and motherhood. And so like when you need to know like real things, you know, like, yeah. okay, if I'm lactating, how do I make this stop hurting? Like, they yeah. said, that, like, I've had at least three of my friends be like, so no one told me that this, like, no one told me about the, the breast, the breast is going to hurt. No one told me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's why I only breastfed for three months. I couldn't do it. I was like, that's uh, why I was buying 40% of the baby food. <laughs> it's me. It's me. Baby powder. All, like, all the stuff that they're I like. Can't. But all the, like, dismantling of, like, the baby powder versus the breast and, like, all this stuff, right, that we are already feeling, like, the weight of the world on our shoulders. Let's pile some more stuff on there and, and say, yeah, you're not good enough. And your baby's not going to be smart. And you know what I mean? Like, right. All because you things. didn't feed it with your titty. So it's going to be yeah. dumb. And that's just that. <laughs> exactly. Mom, why It's going to go to prison. It's your fault. Yeah, exactly. Every, it's all your fault. Right. So <laughs> Exactly. I mean, exactly. What was the scariest part of going into motherhood for you? Or what were some scary, or were there any? Listen, I, I call myself like a careerist. So I was kind of putting it off for, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Later, later. So mine was. How old are you? I'm going to be 40 next month in June. I just want to take a moment <laughs> for the black don't crackness of it all. And I think it's important that we raise our hands in praise for your melanin and your cheekbones and how they have lifted you up and held you and held you in the grace of On the main line, tell them what you want. Because yes. when you said that, I'm like, if she says she's 33, like, you know, like, you know, I just was putting it off. I was putting it off, you know. No, I Got had a baby you. at 36, girl. Yeah, I was the later in life girl. I was the girl who's like, I yeah, mean, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm 39 in, Ju- in July. So Ex- I'm looking into having a dog. Looking okay. into having a dog. Well, that's what I had first. Okay. And then um, a surprise happened. And I was jumping right. out of a plane and I went at McDonald's. And I'm like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> So right after that, yeah, it was a surprise. Wait, for me. you were actually jumping out of a plane? Um, mm-hmm. yes. So you were skydiving? Yes, I went. So my fiance, he and I were. It, 
in the whirlwind of a crazy relationship and he's like, oh, I'm going to take you to um, San Diego. And he took me to San Diego for Valentine's and we're like drinking. We're like, we're going to drink and have a good time. And we're drinking. And he's like, oh, I have a surprise tomorrow. And I'm like, okay. And it's like nine in the morning. And I go, I want a Big Mac, large fries and a Coke. And we drive to McDonald's and they're like, yeah, it's still breakfast. I'm like, please. They're like, nope. I'm like, okay. And then he drives me to this place, this open field. And he's like, skydiving. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm always, he's like, you've always, you keep saying you want to do this. White, right? like, he's white, right? He's white. Right. But I did. I did. I, he's white. He's very white. Very, very white. <laughs> he's like, Pennsylvania white. <laughs> he introduced skydiving real casual. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, because you know when you're like, oh, my God, I want to go skydiving one day, one day, one day. I want to do snowboarding. Like, you try. I never want to <laughs> snowboard again. I almost hit a tree, literally. Anyway, oh. so um, so we go skydiving. I was like, oh, my God, that was great. I never need to do that again. Right? Get in the car. I'm like, I want a Big Mac, large fries, and a Coke. So by the time I'm we were done with this. Girl. Like, it's still on me. Girl. Like, and I don't eat McDonald's <laughs> anymore. Right, I, I right, used to right. Like, all the time don't... when I was a big kid. Um, but, so I don't even eat it. So I was like, oh my God, this is so delicious. And I get back to the hotel and I'm like, something's, something's weird. Go, go get a pregnancy test. He like laughs. He's like, <laughs> yeah, right. what, really? I'm like, yeah. He comes back and he gives me like one of those no name brand tests. As soon as I put it on there, it's like color. And I'm like, don't know what this means. Go get a go get an EPT test. Go get an EPT. Right. <laughs> so it tells us you are about to have a child. <laughs> and literally I peed on it. It was like, you're having a child, like for real. And we just sat on the floor looking at each other. They're like, so we're in this, right? We're doing this. Oh, because we're dating at this point. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, I'm right. Right. Cause this yeah. is still like <laughs> we're, we're like, having oh, a good time. Good time. So y'all uh, really jumped out of plane. Hello. Y'all no really jumped that, that is no a literal thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't like I planned it. It wasn't like any of the things that we're supposed to do societally or whatever. Um, it just happened and I was like, all right, let's let's do it. And she's here. <laughs> Voila. Voila. So in that so to me, it's like, okay, even in that process leading up to it, like you didn't plan it. So did you feel like, okay, when you said that you were looking online for things, what were you looking for? Like, what was the support you were looking for that you didn't get? Amanda, sometimes I'm like, I don't even know what I was looking for. I just wanted a community. Mm. I just wanted a place where I saw a baby who might look like my baby, you know, you know, or yeah. somebody I can say, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I just wanted to see people who looked like me, you know, in a, in a very normalized setting, you know, it was like, but I why? Because when you're pregnant, it could be a very lonely space and you're searching for something. You're searching for somebody mm. to say what's normal or what's not normal or things that you need to look out for. Or I don't know. You just want to see a familiar familiarity. And I wasn't seeing it. I wasn't seeing, oh, my God, I'm scared of shit. Um, I'm having a baby at 37. They keep telling me, they keep telling me I'm high risk. If you, you know, prime of gravity. 
like freaking you out. Like you're high risk, right. you know, and, and you're just freaked out. And it's true. I, I, I was high risk. I would still be high risk. But like, what does that mean? And can somebody else, can I relate to that with somebody else? Somebody who looks like me to say, girl, I was high risk. I had preeclampsia, preeclampsia. Like I had that, just all those things. Oh, wow. And I just felt like I didn't see it. You know what I mean? And I just, and I didn't see it in a space that was just pretty, you know, like I just wanted a pretty space to go to and feel light and like, oh, I don't know. I just wanted something pretty to see and I wanted community and I wanted information if I wanted to. I wanted to know like how to look cute still, you know what I mean? All those good things. So, but again, with people who could at least like look like I would look. What do you think are some unique, nuanced black motherhood experiences? Like this right here is one of them, right? Just the fact that Mm -hmm. like being able to see yourself in the process of motherhood and it not being available to you. But like, you know, for that woman earlier to say like, this doesn't look like black motherhood. What are, what are some, what do you feel are some things that are like actual and some things that maybe are just more stigmatized than reality when it comes to black motherhood? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think the feelings that are just motherhood over, overall are feelings of loneliness, feelings of being overwhelmed, feelings I'm not doing this right a lot, <laughs> you know, feelings mm-hmm. of failure, you know, um, f- feelings of like, girl, my child's a terrorist, but I can't even say that out loud because people are going to judge me. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, what does a child that's a terrorist resemble? What does that look like? Well, when your daughter says something like, uh, "Who she gets out the car, walks out, walks out of the garage, stands on the stoop, and says something like, "Well, you're not listening to me. I'm not listening to you," you know, <laughs> at three, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, who's like yelling in public or, you know, who falls out, who, you know, you're just like, I can't stand you. But I feel like, I don't like, I don't like you. I made you, but I don't like you. You know what I mean? And so, but even saying that, I feel like is a privilege to say and not be, because there is a real sense of, I've read articles where black mothers were scared to tell um, when, when like, say, like, government aides or something would check on them. I can't, I don't remember the particular article. They would be scared to talk about postpartum, of fear of their child being taken away, right? Of thoughts that you have when you have a kid. That's a real difference in, like, white women can talk about postpartum all day, and nobody's going to take away your child. But you talk about this thing as a black woman, there is a fear a real fear, depending on socioeconomic, where you are socioeconomically, but like there's a real fear that your child can be taken away because your thoughts, right? But you got to talk about it to somebody. But what do we do? We have to bottle it up because my child's going to be taken from me. So I think there are real differences or whether it's like, I only know one black woman who actually froze her eggs and that's my partner, Ty. Like, and now I know, too, because Brescia Webb came on um, our show and she talked about it. But, like, why that's a pathway to, like, be like, okay, I'll do that later, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. 
But like, where are the options, right? And I feel like the options haven't always been presented to us in a way where it's like, here's step one, step two, step three. You know what I mean? And people are giving away like certain, there's companies that are giving away um, like, like uh, there's this company that gives away like sperm or something like that. Like I just, yeah, there's like a sperm bank thing that gives away. I, I don't know, know if I, I want to give away sperm now. I know, I know, I know. I know. Well, but they give, they basically, you go in, you look through the book, you get like a voucher or whatever, and you pick who you want kind of thing. But like, because I definitely have just now started hearing about black women venturing into that space, but there's a shame around it. Very much so. So I want what, 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 here's the thing. Mothers should be let off the hook in general, but I feel like black mothers have been the spine of this country and the world for so long <laughs> that we're so used to being the hook. Like we, we don't get a chance to move how other people move. So I want to let them off the hook. Even if you don't know if you want to be a mom, even if you're like, I don't want to be a mom. I'm good. I have a dog, but I'm a guy mommy or, you know what I mean? Or whatever it is, but like letting you off the hook, like go live. It's Okay. And so I feel like that is a big difference in motherhood and black motherhood in general. Mm. When you look at like the landscape right now, like I know a lot of folks, myself included, like, you know, we've just started looking at America differently. Like, um, and it's not even like I ever really trusted this place, but it just feels like it's getting more egregiously ridiculous. And as a mother, like I've, well, I'm curious to ask you this because I've definitely heard people say like that they feel guilty bringing a child into this particular world and the way mm. that it looks, you know, and then folks who are giving birth in quarantine and feeling like what like how do I make that like how, how do I make this world make sense to my my child? Like so I was just curious from your point of view, like when you're looking at the landscape of things right now, we just you know, we're we're seeing we're seeing things that have been going on in terms of police violence and in terms of, you know, white supremacy, et cetera. This has all been going on. But I think because people have been at home, like, it's really, like, cutting oh, yeah. through in a different way and in some of the worst ways possible. I'm curious to know from you, like, as a mom, how do you look at the landscape of things right now and, and your role as a black mother? I mean, honestly, it's, it's weird. It's like I hold hope in one hand, but caution in the other. And I am cautiously optimistic regardless. Um, I know what it looks like, but in my own head and heart, I have to hold hope. I just believe that um, without that, like there's no getting up out of bed, you know? And yeah. I do believe there are kids in a younger generation who are going to change the world. Um, if, you know, it's not if we let them, they're just going to have to do it. And um, and I believe in people like you and Angela, like people who are like saying, he, he, here's what it is. Like, let's fix the thing or let's figure it out, right? And so having a child is also scary. You know, you don't, I know my daughter is going to deal with a different set of, things that I would, you know, she's obviously half white, half black, but she's a little black girl and her dad's white. And, and I think sometimes people think, cause I'm, uh, you know, I ha I'm 
my partner's a white guy that all of a sudden that gives me a privilege, which... <laughs> Uh, it doesn't. That's because some women really do think that gives them a privilege. And it doesn't. It doesn't. It does not. It does not. I like literally, I'm like, what, where is it? Please give it to me. Cause I don't have it. <laughs> it's not in my no. pocket. Um, so it's the same way that some white people feel like if they're with a black person that they can't be racist. It's like the, the inverse, you know? It's, and it's, it's ridiculous. like, really? Because that's the, I feel like there's so much of the singling out of folks, right? Like, um, you're like a black mom, but not like, you know, you're not like the other black moms. Oh, right, right. Like, you're not like, you don't have like EBT. You know what I mean? Like, you're just not like them, right? No, like my mom had EBT. <laughs> like my mom had like, like I know women. Like my mom was one of those women, and but she wasn't, she but what does that look like, right? Is it the, the is welfare one mom, them? one of them? Right. Like, is it the one with the, the, the vision that you have, this, like, of a, of a Cadillac collecting welfare check? Like, what is it? You know what I mean? Like, what is, is it that Claudine, person? you know, is, with right. James Earl Jones it's, hiding in the closet? Like, ex- what is it exactly? So, yeah, I, girl, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so what because was that? You, you just wait. You uh, just went. <laughs> I went somewhere else. I saw you go somewhere <laughs> because where did you go? <laughs> My mind just said, "Child, it's overwhelming sometimes." <laughs> like the whole thing. Just I feel like there's just like. So many layers to it all. But I do have hope. I have hope for my daughter because I'm teaching her and I'm having her around other people and other kids. And we're having these conversations, like these very real conversations, even on Zoom with, Mm -hmm. you know, Nick and some of his friends and like the stuff that I go through, like, and I'm, I'm telling them like everything that's on my mind. And Nick even, you know, he's... He's like, oh, wow. You know, like when he first met me, I had like all these slave books everywhere. And he's like, do you, you are you going to buy another slave book? Like, because I got it. I got, I got, <laughs> I'm like, nope. Like, here's, but he's more, you know, aware though. Speaking of and which, he, I started reading Colton, Colton Whitehead's <laughs> Underground Railroad yesterday. Oh, how is it so far? Amazing? Fabulous. I okay. mean- I always, you know, it speaks to black motherhood. The first stories are about black motherhood within slavery. And wow. I, I, I put up a, um, a tweet that Charlemagne had posted the other day. And it speaks to something that I think is really relevant to what we're talking about. Hold on one second. And it says, if trauma can be passed down through generations, then so can healing. that's it yes healing like but i think black motherhood exists in a unique space with that than than maybe other yes motherhood well i think it is about healing right it it, (laughs) we existed in trauma you know what i mean like that Period. So it is about healing and it is allowing people to indulge in sweetness, you know, and that's why I named it Sugarberry because, it, you know, <laughs> my partner Ty always makes fun of me because she tried to, you know, at first before Sugarberry, she's like trying to figure out names that were just practical, practical names. And then I came up with Sugarberry and she's like, why? Hey, and I'm give like, me an example. Just like, 
Like, Happy black moms. Yeah. <laughs> Mama who love kids, you know? <laughs> like, like just, just things that were like, I don't know if I want to go to that site. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I said, sugarberry. And I said, you know, it kind of like it reminds me of Tupac, like the blacker the berry, the sweeter the juice. But like also just like everybody else has these kind of like names that are just sweet and like again goop poosh like 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 all of them they're just and not to say those uh you know whatever but it's just why can't we just have sugarberry sugarberry why the sugar ours have to be like the negro mother rising (laughs) i shall pass two you know what what Huh? Where are you going? You know, <laughs> for colored mothers who've considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. Dot org. Yeah, like, I am a mama too. You know, so it's just like, <laughs> you know I mean, it's just like, oh my god. Uh, so I just wanted sweetness, and and that's it's all about celebrating all forms, all facets of um, brown mamas, and just happy that we're here in this space. So let's say you had a conversation. So let's let's practice. I'm the woman who was in your comments, and you got to have a conversation with her. So let's let's see. Let's let's role play. That ain't what black motherhood is. Sugar what? I know about sugar water. <laughs> so do I. I. Used to drink quarter water. Um, <laughs> um, well, I would say, you know, what is your life experience? You know, I think. Black motherhood comes in all shapes and sizes. I've had, I would ask her questions. What you know more. about my black motherhood? I know that I had to uh, watch my mom give food stamps to the grocer. I know that I had to stomp on roaches before, you know, we came in the house. I know that my mom had broken down cars every day driving to Rikers Island because she was making $12,000 a month raising four kids. I know what that is. I've seen it firsthand. So if you can't So see, that's going to be on the site? You're going to have roaches on the site? Because, you know, you and your white husband, y'all got a real <laughs> fluffy life. You on TV. I see you in all the Tyler Perry movies. I Actually, I really enjoy your work. But, like, what, what is going to be on there that represents, you know, the, the actual struggles? Because you may, you may have been through that, but you're not going through that now. I'm going through that now. So what you going to have on your sweet-ass site about my bitter-ass situation? <laughs> Well, we're going to have, I mean, I don't know if you're a single mom or not, but we're going to have- Why are you assuming I'm a single mom? I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying, I'm just saying we want to indulge and delight in every facet, whether it's single mom, like a single mom series, what that looks like in different aspects of, of every socioeconomic. I feel like there is literally sweetness in every, every point you, every place you are in your life, Right. You're happy mm-hmm. that you have your child, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's something to that's sweet. And that's something that should be cared for. And that's something that should be celebrated just because, just, period. Like just you having your child is enough, right? But black motherhood is not just where you are. Black motherhood is also where I am. Black motherhood is also where there's just different levels in every case. And I think that it all should be celebrated in every way. And not only that, we want to give you resources. We have resources on like about money matters and about um, food and about making, um, just making life a little bit sweeter wherever you are. 
But I still love you okay. even if you don't. I'll, I'll, if you don't. I'll check out your little site. <laughs> um, thank you for checking out my little site, ma'am. <laughs> and I hope you listen to my... Um, I hope you listen to the sugar where my mother is talking and Ty's mother is talking because you can really hear from their experience firsthand what they've been through to even get me to this point. You know what I mean? Um, even just seeing them out of making a way out of no way for real. Well, I just appreciate any black woman that's really trying to do something. So, you know, kudos oh. to you, even if it ain't for me. <laughs> I think it's great that you're doing something for you. Well, if you ever see me in public, I'd love to give you a nice, sweet hug. <laughs> well, you know what? I'd also like, let me know if y'all doing some giveaways. Okay. Because I love you. Yes. 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 Oh, my gosh. You, you are so hard. <laughs> oh, my God. You got that comment lady down. I exist in these comments. like. But I listen. feel like even though, Amanda, I feel like they would be way nicer in person, though. Because everybody's, you know, everybody's real sharp. In but right. in person, they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I love you, though. I really, I see you. <laughs> I swear they are. I've had both. I've had, because sometimes people just feel like, you know what, this is the day. This is the day that I'm going to make my name. And record this it. This is the day. Right. You you got you right. You got it. You know. So Amanda. Who you <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and that's when I have to be on my P's and Q's to be like Amanda, you are so quick. Like you quick with it. I'll be looking like, ooh, she about to shut somebody down. <laughs> and your special was so good on HBO. I watched Thank it. Thank you. I, I, had a t I had some alone time by myself at night. Everybody was asleep. <laughs> I was like, oh, I felt like you were just talking to us. And it was just good. That was the whole point. I know. No, I, know. I, lo I, lo I, I really I really love your point of view with this um, podcast and with your and with your your media company, because that's really where I come from for a lot of my work. And I also understand your frustration when you see that comment that's attempts, that, that makes you feel like invalidated in that because you're like, no, I'm doing this for us. <laughs> this is for us. This is for Join us. <laughs> like, come on, come on. Yeah. Like it's my true. special was really about like, I think a lot of black women, especially like professional black women, like don't get they don't get talked about. They don't get space. Like, because they're looked at oftentimes as like, well, you made it. So we don't need to. Yeah. We don't need to talk about you. As if that's it. Like, that's all they like, go through. I know that I definitely, like, even with men I date, it's kind of like, like, they'll prioritize their feelings if they're in, especially if they feel like, they may not be like on the same financial level or mm. whatever. Literally, it comes down to a lot of times just like, well, your shit is together, so you don't have sadness, <laughs> right? Like, right? Just like you don't you have a white man. You you ain't got nothing. Like you ain't got nothing to worry no. about. What? No, ma'am. I'm black. black you are black. with a white man. Karen, <laughs> you are now. You have a force field against Karens. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me tell you something. I still get asked. So how did you get up here in first? Like what I had somebody ask me a crazy question and I was, I did not have the Amanda in me at the moment because I was lost for words. You know, when you're just like, wait, what? There's, there's what, what are you talking about? I was lost for words, Amanda. 
Were you sitting next to them? I wasn't. I had my. I was getting up my luggage, and you know you have the tag. Like if you're a Diamond Medallion member or whatever, and they're yes. like, yeah. and they're like, oh, how did you become a Diamond Medallion member? Like what? And you live in North Carolina? And I was like, first of all, I don't live in North Carolina. My family lives in North Carolina. And what? Ask all these. They were literally all white men, and her and I. And she asked me. And I, I couldn't believe it. I was just like... Because that's when you just say, how did you? And then after I got off the plane and talked to my mama, I was like, I should have said, I should have <laughs> you, you know, you, you have know, all the, the key to a clap back is often, if you need to buy yourself time, you just ask the question back. Uh, oh, you should do that. Keys to a clap back. <laughs> I do. I mean, I've literally like... Someone asked me to do like a seminar the other day and I was like, well, what would I talk about? And they were like, can you teach how to clap back? Like, you know, but that's really how you buy yourself time. Someone asked you a dumbass question and you don't have a quip right, right then, ask them their dumbass question back. Oh, that's and so good. They'll realize. They're gonna, and yes. How did you get up here? Right. What? Well, you know, um, wait, wait, uh, well, and and wait. in that time, you're able to form. First of all, they usually just shoot themselves in the foot because they're so damn dumb. The yeah. fact they even asked that question came from a place of ignorance in the first place, and they didn't right. think that you had a mouth to talk. So, right, that, you know, they didn't think that you had a mouth to talk. So they said right. it thinking because they never. When people do things like that, they never consider that someone will say something back. So much of me clapping back in like the reels comments at these like racist women and and idiot privileged fools, people would be like, why do you even bother? And I said, because I want them to know that Mm. the days of them speaking freely without recourse or repercussion or even having to feel the uncomfortableness of an intellectual coming back at them is done. They mm. need to know that they don't get to just get away with saying it. And and they think that, because we've been trained to think that if we say something back, it's us like not having class. Yep. You know, it's us letting them get to us. Yep. It's us, you know, and it's like, and I think about that and I think about that, especially like even in the context of black motherhood, it's like, what do you tell your children who are going to school and, you know, they may have to deal with these things. You're going to have to tell them, like teach them the nuances of like, stick up for yourself, but not too much. I know. They're going to treat you different, you know, like all of those things. And then we grow up and we, we harbor that. Yep. You know, and we still, we still have to keep that. And well, you know, it's also and I, part of that respectability politics too. That but, is what it. That yeah, is one million percent what it is. Yeah. But so much of that respectability politics, a lot of times, comes from a place of safety, yep. right? And our parents trying to keep us safe. Safe. Yep. I read something about how like black mothers oftentimes felt like they couldn't celebrate their children doing well in school because mm. they would be targeted. Oof. Um, and so. And that that is from the lineage of enslavery. If you were a really fast picker, you were really good at anything. You were going to be targeted for one of two reasons. You're either going to be targeted because you're, you're, you're out of your place, nigger, and get you out of there. Or you're targeted in, oh, you're really good at this, so now I'm going to push you even more. Mm. Or I'm going to sell you because you fetch or, a higher price. Or, right? e- yes, 
Yes. So like then that kind of like mentality they were saying like ends up getting passed down to where like a lot of times they were saying like when when you feel like your black mother is not like feeling comfortable celebrating you, it's this mentality of like I have to protect you because if you shine too bright, they oh will try God. to smoke you out. Oh my God. And that is the truth because even for me, you know, just personally, I remember that I never wanted to be too loud, right? I, I'm I, quiet down. Like you don't have to be too loud. Like, and I don't know. You know, I'm sure I just grabbed that along the way for protection for myself, or I didn't want to shine too bright, or for fear, different fears. But I remember being with Ella. We were on vacation, and Ella's just like her dad is adventurous. She's like. She talks loud. She's like, mama, da 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 You know, she's just loud, okay? And I'm like, Ella. Like, and we're around literally, it's like all white people, right? And I remember Ella talking really loudly. And the lady looked at me, like a, a lady looked at me like, and I, I felt it. And I was like, Ella, let's be quiet, okay? Like, be, she goes, why, mama? Why do I have to be quiet? And at that moment, I said, you know what? You don't need to be quiet. Yell. I said, scream right now. Because she checked my, my daughter checked me like, but why? Why do we have to be quiet? But it is, a, it's almost like walking in a store and being like, have you ever had that feeling of feeling restricted or like, I'm like not scared, but like you're being watched. Or you're being you looking looked at like you can't afford that. You know what I mean? Yes. Or like there's real I literally real to this day walk in the Gucci store like because <laughs> wait, that's my mama. I mean look at my mama. I'm like mom, she was yes. <laughs> and I had to learn I had to learn that stuff. Like even though I know but I can't I started doing it. that because I went to the because I went to the Louis store and they treated me like I didn't Shitty. belong there. And mm-hmm. so I don't buy from them. Because I went to I went there three different times. I went there three different times and did not get a hello. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> but like a, a, not taking up space, right? That's basically what it is. Like not, not feeling like you can. Not attention to yourself. Like exactly. I'm not no trouble. I'm not causing no trouble. I'm not causing no, no be trouble. small. But even in those spaces, it's like no matter how small we are, people figure out how to like kill us or <laughs> yes or, you know to, what I mean yes in figurative literally. and literal ways exactly and so you so you you but I I remember my I remember my mom simultaneously teaching me self-awareness but also letting me know like do not be afraid of these white people mm. like when you would like when I would go to doctor's appointments, like I would speak, she was like, speak for yourself. Like tell him what's wrong. Tell like if she needed to step in, she would, but like yeah, yeah. I was trained up from very young I love to that. know that I have a voice I love in that. these spaces. Yeah. And to not be afraid of white men in terms mm-hmm. of in terms of not afraid is not the word, to not consider them better than me, to not think that their voice is more valid, you know. And it wasn't about like not respecting your elders, you respect your elders. Sure. Just very early on. And, and people will ask me a lot of times, like, you know, we want your mom on the show so she we can hear like how she raised you because you're a confident person and, and whatnot. But a lot of that is literally just like from a very young age, 
I was made explicitly aware of my blackness mm. and of the uniqueness of that in a number of ways. So in the mm. dolls I played with, yep. in the stories that were read to me, yep. in the people that were around me, right? Like, these are your black aunties and you know what I mean? And like, completely, you know, and, and not, and I think people don't understand people who say things like I'm colorblind and I teach my child to love all people, no matter what their color. It's like, yes, Mm -hmm. but you can also, you can also encourage like acceptance of difference. And I always say our color is our ancestry and that's a, that's a story, right? That's the story. To erase that story is you, ridiculous. You're doing a disservice to yourself and to the, pe- the world around you to learn about who you are, right? And I love that. Like, I feel like, and I would even love to know like where your mom got that because my mom, it, my mom is very much, I think I was just a quiet kid, you know, and I just observed a lot. And, but my mom always has this fierce kind of like, oh, I belong here. What you mean? What? Yes. Who? And I'm like, what is that? (laughs) Like, what? Like, some people hold space. My grandmother, so my mother's from Grenada, Mm -hmm. and my grandmother and my grandfather owned a shop in town. But, like, my grandmother was the matriarch. And, like, she was was the shop, you know? And so I think, you know, she was just a big presence. Presence. And then she would take that into church and, you know, she'd be singing louder than everybody. That's you know, my mama. Just like, <laughs> I'm here. I'm, you know, and I don't know. I think some of it is cultural. I think some of it is just your DNA. I think yeah. some of it is also being given permission, you know? So, like, even telling Ella, like, damn, you right. Yell. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> she may not remember that later, but, like, her, her DNA is going to remember, like, she was given permission to have a voice. Yeah. And so often we're told, like, and even me, like, you know, coming from a Caribbean background too, like, and actually it, it, it's pretty much for, for the most part, like a black background that we had this sense of like being seen and not heard. And very much so. Right. Very like, much so. And early on, my mom wasn't really with that. Like she do as I say, Grenada. not as I do. Yes. And we would go to Grenada and, and people would be like, oh, this is Nettie's daughter. And my mom would be like, this is Amanda. Like, she gave me an identity from very early. Like, I was a person. I had thoughts. I was in the world. I had likes and dislikes that were respected. You know, like, it used to drive me crazy that I would go to my father's house and he would continue to make me eat broccoli. And he would continue (laughs) to make me eat cauliflower. And knows that I don't like this shit. And it's like, can we find a way? Just Can you just consider that I hate this and maybe put some paprika (laughs) on the shit? Like, why will you not work with me on this? I understand it's got nutrients that I need. But like meet but your child halfway. Halfway. And that's because we, the world is not meeting black children halfway. So like No. No. Teach them. <laughs> exactly. And also, like you said, teach them to have a voice. And that's why also with Ella, like my mom and I have very distinct ways of raising our children, right? Which is she's evolved, but in some <laughs> ways I'm like, when Ella's like, you know, mom, I'm frustrated with, you know, but, but she's able to say what her feelings are. So she's going to be a That's better great. communicator in general. Yes. I took that so long. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. And so that is even the sweetness, right? Like your child can communicate if somebody's messing with her. If so, I, that's, I also tell her, 
No, it's not a PP. It's a vulva. She says, oh, my vulva. I got to, you know, she talks, you know, she says the thing, what the thing is. Because I, I speak to her like I speak to you. I mean, obviously, I'm not like, bitch, of girl. Course. You know, right, right, right. <laughs> but, but, but so when someone asks her, how did you get up here? She's like, I've been practicing since I was three years old to tell this white lady, why the fuck I am a diamond medallion member. She don't even know that I've been trained up for this moment right here. Exactly. Mama, I got you. The last dose. Thank you, Miss Tika Sunter. Thank yes. you so much for joining us. Oh my god! Joining gosh. us here, I know we've been we've been trying to set it up, and then you know, pandemics, a pandemic. Um, so, but it's please it's tell folks. Sorry. No, go ahead. I'm like talking over you. Let's just shut. This the is what up. we do. We talk. We have so much to say. There's energy. I know. You see how you just quieted yourself. You just quieted yourself for I no did. reason. In I this did. Space, well, I didn't want to step on you. I have not you. made you feel at any point. No, you can't. You know how loud I am. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. All right. You were gonna yes. say something. <laughs> no. 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 Uh, I forgot. Now with all that. <laughs> well, we were saying that you know we were trying to set this up, and then there were pandemics. You know that crept right. in and. You know, but to your, I think what you were going to say is, but you know what? When it was, it was the right supposed, time. Exactly. It was supposed to happen exactly like this. And hopefully if I ever come back, I'll get to see you in person. If you ever have me back. I know. <laughs> of course I'll have you back. So please tell folks where and when they can check out all that is involved with Sugarberry. Yeah. Um. So you can go now. There is a... The Sugar. Um, it's on Stitcher or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Um, you can catch us on Instagram at The Sugarberries. That's our community. And catch me on Instagram at Tika Sumter. And on Twitter, I am Tika Sumter. So that's that's it. Oh, and don't forget to go to go to sugarberry.com. <laughs> that's that. You gotta say it just like Maya. Yes. <laughs> Sugarberry.com. <laughs> yes. Yes. Do that. And congratulations on getting this off the ground and seeing a vision come to fruition. I think it's hard enough to do that when things are, you know, oh my God. Seemingly normal. So you yeah. know, I'm glad that it didn't um that the hiccup didn't become, you know, a complete halt and that it has ended up being something that has been somewhat of a silver lining in the midst of all of this. So Thank you so much for having me on. I keep doing what you do. We're watching you. We're rooting for you. And uh, you're giving a voice to a whole other generation and the one that you're also in. So um, I'm really happy for you. I'm preserving. You're welcome. You're preserving, darling. Legacy (laughs) for your dog. A podcast network.